Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we're continuing on in the parables of Jesus. Remember, a parable is a story that um, tries to put one point across as, a cor as opposed to an allegory where there's multiple things. So a parable is something that... Um, actually works for me being somewhat simple. It's kind of neat to have a story that just only has really one uh, theme. I, the only thing I can think of would possibly be the parable of the prodigal son because it carries on where the older brother is not happy with the dad. And But anyway, we'll get to that at one time or another here. But right now, we are in uh, Matthew chapter 13 beginning at the 24th verse. And with that, let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, your love, or this word, and our opportunity to study it. Thank you for giving us your word. Open our hearts and minds to your word. And again, as always, keep me out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Here we are. This starts off with the parable of the wheat and tares, where it says in verse 24, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man <clears throat> pardon me, who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest when you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable he put to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and plowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and rest in its branches. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, where a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. It was all leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without parables he did not speak to them that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the son of sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. 
The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend in those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them in the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. When the righteous will come, will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. And that's where we are. Now let's take a look in this a little bit, dive into this a little deeper. Verse 24 says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went on his ways. Okay, uh, tares. That's um, an annual poisonous, weedy grass, poisonous to human, weedy grass, uh, more than likely Darnell, uh, which is hard to differentiate until the wheat has the head, the grain has the head on there. So it's hard to, to see this, right? Uh, and it says here, while he slept, the enemy came. Well, we often refer to Satan as the enemy because he pulls the same kind of stuff in our lives. We might be going along really great, good seed going on. Uh, things are going well. We're uh, in Bible study. We're doing everything going along swell. And all of a sudden, Satan flings in and throws in the monkey wrench and throws things off. And so the enemy is the one who flung these, well, who sowed these tares into the good seed. Verse 26 goes on to say, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then tares also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said, do you, sir, do you, did you not, pardon me, sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Well, isn't that kind of interesting? Is, boy, weren't you doing a great job, but, but now you got sin in your life. Well, yeah, because we're not perfect, <laughs> you know. So how how can this happen? And so what does he say? He says to them, an enemy has done this, namely Satan. The servant said to him, do you want us to go then and gather them up, the tares? He said, no, not lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Uh, the root, root structure of this darnel, the tares, is such that it intertwines with the wheat. Okay, so it's kind of like going out in your backyard and trying to get rid of the dandelions. And I'm speaking of this because I've done this recently. You get out your handy-dandy screwdriver and you try and get around. But inevitably, when you pull out that dandelion, which has got a healthier root <laughs> than the grass, there are times when you pull the grass up with it, okay? So this was the deal. That's why the owner said, no, nah, don't pull it up because you might pull up some wheat with it. Verse 30 goes on to say, let both grow together until harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my 
aren't. Okay, two things going on here. Uh, when it comes time for the harvest, it'll be easier to differentiate between the wheat, right, and the tares. Easy enough to see. And also, when you pull up the tares, you don't have to worry about ruining the, the wheat because it's already mature. It's all ready to go. All set. You remove the tares, the wheat's fine. Okay. Parable of the mustard seed goes on. Another parable he put forth to them saying, and this is always good, throughout this section here, it's saying the kingdom of heaven is like, here, a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. A mustard seed is somewhere between 40 and 80 thousandths in diameter. Not very big. Okay, not very big. It says, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. We'll get to that. So the birds of the air will come and nest in its branches. Now, this is unusual because usually a mustard seed comes up more like a bush than into a great tree that Jesus is describing here that birds can go land in the, the branches, okay, so what this is talking about, you know, starting off very small and growing supernaturally, okay, this is Jesus talking about planting this little seed, you know, the little seed that we, that we plant when we share our faith or we act as we do, and then it can grow exponenti exponentially, uh, supernaturally through the will of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, um, with the birds of the air coming to nest in its branches, you know, uh, some have interpreted this as allowing evil into the church. Why? Because a lot of times that's an illustration. Having the birds come into something is an illustration in the Old Testament of evil coming in to the group, coming in to the church. Uh, but remember here, Jesus is speaking of what? The kingdom of heaven. He's not speaking of church. What he's speaking of here is now uh, that this kingdom of heaven is so large that came from so small that it is large enough for more than just what was planted to become into the kingdom of heaven, namely the birds coming in. Okay, now, verse 33 says, another parable I spoke to him. The kingdom of heaven, again, is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was leaven. Or other translations say three measures of flour, which is about 170 cups of meal or flour, which is enough to bake uh, bread enough for 100 people. So that's a lot. And so to put this little bit of leaven in there, to leaven it, it's, it's wow, amazing. Now, leaven in Jewish culture is always kind of figured out as being something, again, like the birds being evil, right? Often associated with evil coming into this. Uh, but in this instance, Jesus is using this to describe a transforming agent, which yeast is, which can 
barely be seen, but uh, and always, almost always goes unnoticed. But what it transforms, okay, instead of having just these 70 cups of flour or whatever with the yeast, it rises and then you get, get the bread. I'm not a baker, but I understand that's about how that works. Okay, again, Jesus is talking not about the church, but talking about the kingdom of heaven. This is how the kingdom of heaven is like. Um, and you have to, it's doing it, he's doing a good job of trying to explain to those what heaven's like. You know, uh, we get all these weird ideas about what heaven's going to be like. We're going to be on clouds and we're going to be playing, playing harps. And when somebody rings a bell, we're going to get our wings. And, you know, that's all the superstition kind of stuff. No, he's, he's talking about all the different people that are going to be there and how things will be. Now, verse 34, all these things, Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables. And without a parable, he did not speak to them. These this multitudes that he's been speaking to. Remember, he's been speaking to a whole mess of people right now. Okay, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. That's quoting Psalm chapter 78, verse 2. You know, and short parables such as these uh, were an essential part, an essential part of Jesus' ministry. You know, because it kept people's um, interest in it. You know, it wasn't any big old long dissertation. Uh, you know, Luther mentioned that a uh, message should be one that the guy that is sweeping up behind the door can understand. That's how plain the message should be. I also had it explained to me that you might get a kick out of this, that a message should be like a woman's skirt, long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to keep it interesting. Okay, and I guess you could say that's what a parable is, short enough to keep everything interesting. Okay, now, goes on, verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, which was probably Peter's house, is what they figure. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parables, the parable of the tares of the field. And you know what this is? This is absolutely great because I don't have to attempt to do it. Jesus is the one who's going to explain it. I don't have to. You don't have to get the, uh, <laughs> the story according to Willie. This is coming straight from Jesus. Okay. Verse 37. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. Remember, Jesus often refers to himself as such, as the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. Hmm. What's that? Heirs. Let's look at that real quickly. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 where it says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And that great. If indeed we suffer with him, then we will also be glorified together. Okay, so there we are. Okay, 
the kingdom, the, the sons of the kingdom. That is, let me back up. It says that the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. That it is. We are the heirs. Okay. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. You know, you always think about the grim reaper, the guy that's got the side. It's dark. Anyway, therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. Again, Jesus will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Spurgeon puts it this way, and this is something to really think about. The fate of these ungodly ones will be fire. Okay, we got that figured out. The most terrible of all punishments. But here's the key. This will not annihilate them. Really? Yeah. For they exhibit the surest tokens of a living woe, wailing and gnashing of teeth. So it's not going to be over for them. Think about that. Which way would you rather be? Would you rather spend eternity with wailing and gnashing of teeth forever being burned? Uh, having burned myself doing stupid things in my life, it's not a pleasant thing. Just think of, think about a sunburn. Easy enough as that. How uncomfortable that is. That's nothing compared to what's going to happen to those who reject Jesus. Plain and simple. Verse 43. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, he says this a lot. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Which means, knuckleheads, pay attention. Okay? Pay attention. This is what goes on. Verse 44. And I like it starts off again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Hmm, that seems kind of strange. Why didn't he just pick it up? Aha! D.A. Carson is the one who will answer that for us. It says, under rabbinic law, if a workman came on a treasure in a field and lifted it out, it belonged to his master, the field's owner. And But here, the man is careful not to lift out the treasure until he has bought the field. Hmm. Here's another thought on this, too. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Now, the field is the world, right? But the man does not represent the believer. The man does not represent us because we have nothing to buy this treasure with. Instead, the man is Jesus. And guess what he does? He gives his all, everything he has, sells all, and buys that field. That's what he does for us. He gave everything for us. Okay. Verse 45 is, a, is again, the parable of the pearl of great price. This, this is just a continuation. It says, 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who after he found one pearl of great price, went out, sold all that he had, and bought it. Okay, in this, Jesus is the merchant, merchant, and believe it or not, we're the pearls. He thinks so highly of us to pay the ultimate price for us, that being the death on the cross. So this, this is the whole, this is what sort of value, we're talking about this pearl of great price, this is the value that Jesus puts on us. This is what this is about. He puts us so high of value that he gave everything for us. And this is the one of the greatest examples you could have of grace, which is unmerited favor. Not anything that we did, but that Jesus values us high enough that he paid the price for our sins. And that takes us to the end of our parables for this evening. We will continue on again next week. Um, again, I have to ask for questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks. We happen to have a nice evening here in Arizona. we got the door open to the shop, and we're comfortable, and it's just very pleasant. We're very blessed. Uh, I hope you you this broadcast find you very blessed as well. And with that, I'm just going to close with a blessing. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.